And so everything is informational. I haven't gotten to anything that I think I can monetize with affiliate just yet, because this is a huge project for me. And I just want to get the traffic going. And then maybe in a couple of years, maybe even I, I will start doing that because I, I'm so sure now of the business model and I, I, I know what to expect and what will happen. So I'm just trying to, to build like a big website now. So it will start getting those nice links also organically. That was Morton Storgard, and he's been working online as a internet marketer for about a decade. In this interview, we talk about a few of the things that he's been working on. Number one, go downsize. That's one of his big sites. He talks about the traffic a little bit. He talks about the growth curve, overall strategy, and how how he started working on such a site, which is a pretty cool story. Me personally, um, I didn't know Morton at all even though he's been um, crushing it for several years, he's kind of been under the radar. And I recently made his acquaintance, which was awesome. He was telling me about this site that he started in July of 2019. There's about 180 articles posted. He's getting um, about 13,000 page views um, over the course of the last 30 days or so. And one of the awesome things is he has hired a team of writers. He slowly grew his team of writers all on his own. He spent about $9,000 on that 180 articles or so. So we talk a lot about like building a team, working with a team and that sort of thing. By the way, my name is Doug Cunnington and this is the Doug show. We normally talk about affiliate marketing and project management, sometimes some SEO, random topics like travel, and cool interviews like this with Morton. This episode of The Doug Show is brought to you in part by Ezoic. Ezoic has a pretty awesome new tool. It's called the SiteSpeed Accelerator, and it removes the negative impact of slow-loading pages on visitor experiences by determining what is causing the slowdown. And then it fixes a slowdown. The cool part, and I just did a video on YouTube and I was playing around with a tool for a little while and it was doing okay. And then I was like, I don't know if I have the configuration set up right. So I sent an email to the support team. I have a contact over there and they were like, Hey, you know, click this button, do this other thing. And I checked it again. And I went from like a 27 Google page speed insight score, 27 on mobile, which is terrible. That's kind of shitty. And then um, I I re-ran the test and it was a 98. Actually, the first time it was a 99 and then I ran it again and it was a 98. I think there's some fluctuations depending on like if your server, like your hosting server gets like responds back more quickly. But anyway, the site speed accelerator does a kick-ass job as far as optimizing those things that are maybe a little confusing. So It optimizes the images. That's a big one. It also helps lazy loading and then the CSS rendering. Some of the other things it does is uh, like it helps the scripts load, right? There's other scripts. Maybe you have some, uh, some other kind of tracking or something on your website. So it loads the scripts at the right time. So it doesn't hose everything down. The other thing, even if you don't use WordPress, right? Even if you don't use WordPress, this will work. It works for affiliate sites. It works for... Uh, like B2B type sites, B2C, e-commerce, enterprise sites, whatever. It, it looks at what's happening with the loading on your site and then it optimizes it. So again, you could use it for WordPress if you're using some other um, 
CMS out there, of which I don't even know that many of the other ones, but it'll work with any other CMS. And you should check it out. I think you should check it out. I wasn't quite sure before, but after I've run some tests and checked out the seven-day free trial, there is a seven-day free trial. You don't have to enter any billing information. You can see if it works for your site. And basically, after a few days, you should be seeing scores, the Google Page Speed Insight scores in the 90s. You should probably see them in the, in the 90s. And I think they guarantee, yep, I see my copy right here. They say, um, we guarantee it'll be an 80 plus Google page insight score after one week with the site speed accelerator. All right. So check it out. There's a link in the show notes in the description and um, you could check out the video I did on YouTube. It's pretty convincing. Before I send it to the interview with Morton, I want to let you know he has a YouTube channel. He's trying to teach some helpful just skills out there in internet marketing check out his channel. I know this is a podcast, but I hope you're into YouTube as well. So while you're over, uh, maybe watching one of my live streams or something like that, check out Morton's channel. Very helpful. He has some cool videos. So we'll leave a link in the description so you can check it out at your leisure. Without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Morton Storgard. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm with my new friend, Morton Storgard. How are you doing today? Hi, Doc. Fine. I'm, I'm good. How are you? Doing really well. Doing really well. It's, um, it's a bright, sunny day here in Colorado, so there's a lot of those, but it feels a little warm, and I dig it. So, And for the people that don't know you at all, Morton, can you give us a little intro? Who are you? What do you work on now? And uh, where, where are you located? Yeah, sure. I, I'm in Denmark, so so it's 8 p.m. here. So I got some some lights going on here, just so you can see my face. <laughs> yeah, so I I've been doing online stuff for quite a while. I started an e-commerce site in 2008, and I stopped doing that in 2011, and did a few other e-commerce projects along along the way. But I, I started doing SEO with my own little agency for seven years, the link building, technical SEO, and it just made a lot of sense to sometimes link to my own stuff when I when I got some good opportunities. So so I started building out a portfolio of sites like around 2012, I think. So gradually I I switched out all the clients to now do 100% my own stuff, just my own these sites or authority sites or whatever people want to call these sites. Yeah. Cool. And how many sites do you have these days? Uh, I just sold a whole bunch, but they, they were more like supporting sites. So, so I would say, I, or maybe I should say, I'm working on, I'm actively building like four or five sites right now that are bigger sites. And then I have maybe three or four more passive sites that are smaller. Okay, very good. And at the height, like how many how many sites did you have in your portfolio? Yeah, so... So at, at one point, since I've been doing SEO for quite a while, I had my own sort of PBN kind of thing, but it, it was pretty small. But there was maybe around 20 or 25 sites that I also use for my clients and, and also to exchange links and so on. So, yeah, so, so right now I, I think I'm sitting on maybe 15, 20 sites and Okay. And I, I I sold two big ones and just a lot of smaller ones. So that was basically more to start focusing on in on on bigger websites. Okay. And as far as and, and I just want to like reemphasize. So you you started kind of doing some of this stuff in what year? 
Uh, I would say I just looked up some <laughs> some analytics numbers just to see when I actually built my first site. And I, I'd say I started getting serious with my own niche sites around 2012. Okay, cool. So you've seen some ups and downs and... I guess yep. some uh, big penalties. <laughs> we used to do things differently and that's before yep. my time really. So yeah, you... I also had some clients that I needed to clean up a bit. So yeah. <laughs> cool. And like, do you remember how you first like got into like uh, niche sites of any uh, variety? Yeah, totally. I, I had a good friend working, maybe another company uh, at Trustpilot. It's one of the bigger Danish companies. They're doing reviews for e-commerce sites. So it's it's a good friend of mine who started it. And so so I know some people in there. And so somebody in there, or my friend in there was sitting next to this dude who was doing like an, an affiliate site. And he told me, oh, this, this dude is doing like three or four K a month. So it just sounded super cool. And then I looked up the site and I thought, well, I could totally do this better. You know, <laughs> it was a very old site. So I started immediately building something similar. And that, that was actually one of my first successes. So so that, that's how I got into it. And then I also stumbled over Pat Flynn way back in the Smart Passive Income blog when, when he started popping up everywhere. Okay, cool. And did you follow his blog or the podcast first? I think I think I quickly went on to the podcast yeah, also because there was something I can do on my bike and, you know, everywhere in the car and so on. So so I usually, uh, I typically just loaded up a whole bunch of stuff on my phone and then I could go listen to it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I got my my start like listening to the podcast and then found the way to the blog. And I think I probably spent more time on the podcast. Like you said, you can do other things at the same time. So yeah. As I was uh, working, you know, my corporate job or commuting or whatever, running, yeah. <laughs> I would like to listen to internet marketing uh, strategies. Yeah. Very cool. Exactly. Yeah. So t I know you have like sort of a bigger site and there's even a YouTube channel associated with it. So can you tell us a little about Go Downsize? Yeah, so Go Downsize is, is like one of uh, definitely our, our biggest sites. I I run it together with my wife. I have a wife and, and a kid, a three year old, and so my wife got the idea about it because she was studying architecture, and she was designing uh, the interior on a boat. And of course, that's a small cramped space where you need a lot of functions there. So she got interested in the whole tiny house movement and how to build super tiny spaces very early on, maybe 2012 or 11 or something like that. So, so she was very interested in that and she, she started a YouTube channel and then it quickly caught on and quickly got the first 10, 20, 30,000 um, subscribers. And then I thought, hmm, maybe there's, maybe I should build a site around this. So I just started building the blog alongside and I could send some traffic, you know, to, to the blog. So yeah, so that, that's still our main site and also one of the sites that I'm actively building a lot of content for with my, my team of writers. Cool. So can you give us a little uh, like info on the traffic and like the growth trajectory and like just a little sure. bit more details? Yeah. So until I think, uh, I think until November last year, so something like 14 months ago, I wrote everything myself. And then some of these articles were super, super old. So I, I, I reached a point in December 13 months ago, where I just deleted a whole bunch of content because it was just crap and it was super short content. I could see in analytics it maybe got like five or 10 visits per day. So uh, per month, I think. So so I started hiring some writers and that was the first time I outsourced content. So so that's where I really started to, to go hard in on it. And at that time, 
um, I, I, w- I was doing some, I can say, I, I made some major mistakes. I updated a ton of links and it got de-indexed and I just did some stuff. Some st- and the thing was that I was m- primarily working on client stuff at the time. So I did a lot of changes and did a look at it. Then after a couple of months, it was sort of out of the search results for, for a little while. So then I figured I should probably give it some good attention. And so, so yeah, so long story short, today it's, I, I just looked up the numbers. It's it's a little over 200,000 page views per month. And, and it's primarily at, um, monetized with ads and also a bit of affiliate. Okay. And in the beginning, it was, it was mostly like your, your wife was interested in the tiny house movement and downsizing in general. Yeah. And then we just started writing about, you know, furniture and everything related to smaller spaces and see whatever deals we could get and yeah, stuff like that. And is she sort of the, the YouTube expert and you're the content blog uh, expert? Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely the face and, and the brain behind the YouTube channel. Yeah. Cool. I also pop up from uh, once in a while, but but I'm, I'm not the, the main actor. <laughs> okay. okay, gotcha. And I guess fr- from that standpoint, do you can you tell us about how you selected uh, like the topics to write write on and then you know maybe how your wife was choosing YouTube video topics as well? Yeah, so so for the for the YouTube channel, I think she didn't give much thought to anything such as keyword research and stuff like that. She, I think she stumbled upon a few pretty cool tiny houses that we did some home tours home tours on. So we would go in and, and do like a thirty minute very long video for us at the time uh, video, and and of course those did very well because people tend to binge these home tours people like to see how you pop out things off the wall and it's it's very visual and so so one of those videos popped to a hundred thousand page views and just like or yeah views on youtube and it was like wow this 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 could take this could be taken somewhere you know and we so so we went to to the states at a tiny house fair a tiny house festival and, and just filmed like 20 tiny houses just went door to door you know before they opened and asked everybody if we could film everything there so we did that a couple of times so we would have like content to space out over a couple of months then it just really started to take off from there holy cow that's that's amazing so you went to basically a conference or what did you call it? It's like a festival or something yeah i think they call it a tiny house festival it was somewhere in 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 florida the north of yeah. So there was just like a concentration of like awesome yeah. content and you just yeah, walked actually, through with a camera. Actually, we, we were in the area visiting some friends and then we just, I think accidentally, uh, we, we just saw this festival. It's like two hours drive north and then we just went there and I we could immediately see there was this was just Mecca for us. You know, we just had to turn on the camera and get there super early and leave super late for the last couple of days. And yeah, <laughs> so we just burned ourselves out completely over 48 hours and shut everything we could. <laughs> okay. And I may have to, um, I'll have to get you to in- introduce me to your wife. Maybe I need to talk to her too, but, um, sure. Absolutely. Like the video and editing and creating, a video that's interesting to people, it's really hard to do and, and to yeah. keep them, you know, captured. So like h- how long had your wife been doing videos at the point where you, you went to that, uh, festival? Uh, I, I think maybe, maybe a year, something like that, I think. So, 
so so we, we have traveled a lot also because we both work online so so everywhere we go we do always try to find a few tiny spaces apartments or tiny houses you know anything we can film also to sort of yeah do the travel on on the company sure bills yeah so so we did that a couple of times and we had an idea that this would be great so as soon as we saw the festival we just yeah had to, had to go there okay yeah. cool because I, like i said i know just the skill to you know create the videos to film it to do all the stuff both from like a technical standpoint and for the actual content to be interesting yeah and you know just get it done it's it's very difficult very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you guys had a few, at least a couple years probably of just like filming, doing videos, doing editing and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And we had some friends show us how to get like a good camera and also get like a wide angle lens because when you're filming inside a super tiny space, you know, it's very hard not to be upfront in everything, you know, you need that bigger angle. So getting these things right and get a good boom mic that. Because sometimes we would we would shoot outside and to get to the house and talk outside and it'd just be, you know, sound like like mm -hmm. a stormy weather and oh, yeah. yes. But but she's I I I think she's very skilled in in, in that department and I yeah she, she she's doing a, a good job there I think. But awesome. she she's using an, an external editor. But actually she she hasn't been uploading any videos for almost a year because we have a toddler now and. It is just a different game. So she's mainly focusing on him and I'm I'm running the business side of things right now. Very cool. So from just your observations now, I know it was probably different as you were going through it, but from like the, the strategy on the blog and YouTube, do you have any like interesting observations where uh, maybe a particular blog post did super well and then the video didn't do as good or just anything weird like that? Um, I, I think if I had to do it all over, I would definitely marry the two closer together. It's, it's almost like it's two separate things. There are not too much traffic going from the YouTube channel to the website, which is a big mistake because we obviously make much more money when we get them to the website. So if I knew then what I know now, I would definitely create more hooks, you know, maybe do a PDF, do something to take people to the website, at least sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, so, so one one thing I I did after a year, I started to do like a, a pretty big watermark in the corner, just putting godownsize.com, just so everybody who was interested would go there, and that that just started a big spike of uh, branded searches in Google. I could see in search con in Google Search Console that a lot of people started to just Google what is godownsize and godownsize and godownsize in different different kind of ways. So I'm sure that showed Google that we were some sort of brand, and maybe they they. I'm, I'm sure they made the connection because because we had the link between the two. Okay. But yeah, but I, I think that that was the only thing we did right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Well, in the, I mean, I under from my small understanding of YouTube, like you don't want to always send people away from YouTube. YouTube wants people on the platform. They want yeah. them to binge videos. So you have to. It's a delicate balance of like it, getting people definitely. to your site. Um, yeah. So. And when you're growing, you know, if you're, if you want that like unrestrained growth and, and your videos to be suggested and recommended all over the place, like if you're hooking people in and then you keep them on the platform, they love it. So yeah, and definitely. He, that's definitely a balance. Yeah. Are there, were there any like surprises as far as like, Hey, this was like 
actually kind of easier to do than we expected. We thought this was going to be tough to do, you know, blog content or something. Yeah. So I think that the outsourcing part was way easier than I thought, you know, after writing hundreds of articles yourself, it's like, you think nobody can write as well as you can, but certainly that that's definitely not true. And I just wish I, I started doing that much, much earlier. So, so that, that was a big eye opener. And, and besides that, I think from the, from the YouTube perspective of things, um, I was just very surprised by seeing which videos would take off. Sometimes we, we did, I remember we filmed the school bus, like people was redirect decorating a school bus and turning it into like a hostel on wheels. And then that totally took off and got like a million views in, in a year or something like that. I think it's sitting at 2.5 right now. So I figured, okay, so that's the formula. And then we went to film three or four other buses that were way cooler and they did horrible, you know, it was around the same length. I would say it was, it was even better content. So it's like, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> no kidding. And do you have any theories like what what the trigger is? No, not not really. I mean, maybe the the guys in the first in the first video was just super likable, and and the numbers was definitely better. But from my perspective, the this the other videos was was at like at least as good. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there's I okay. One one thing that came, totally came into play was that there was more and more competitors. So you can say other people doing the same stuff. So I think in the beginning it was not that we had it for ourselves, but I mean, if you started looking on YouTube for tiny houses, tiny spaces, tiny apartments, stuff like that, we would definitely show up like most of the times. Now it's it's totally flooded, and all, already back then I think that that might have come into play. Okay. That's pretty, pretty interesting. Just being an early, uh, like, if, I don't know what you call it. Uh, your first to market basically, or early to market gives you yeah. a big leg up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, it was way before all the major TV stations was doing like tiny house nations and, you know, now it's all over the media and everywhere. Yeah. Back then it was totally niche. Okay. Cool. So let's go back to the content stuff because I know there's probably, um, you know, viewers and listeners out there that are like, Oh man, like you deleted a bunch of content. You got de indexed. So can you tell us that story? Like what happened? Like how much, how much content did you have? How much did you delete? How long was it de indexed? Yeah. Like what, what was going on? Yeah. So, so at the time I had around a hundred articles on the site and it was, it was doing around, I think, 30 to 40,000 page views per month. And then I just decided to to delete half of it because it, it was it was so bad and I figured well it's not doing anything for my site or, or at least, and at least you know if you think about link flow and all these all these things maybe there would be more authority to mm-hmm. the other articles. So that was kind of my my take on it. And and I saw a lot of theories, you know, some saying do it, somebody said don't do it, you know. So, so I decided to do it, and then immediately I started to throw in a ton of content. So I probably doubled that content over a couple of months. So it's it's hard to say exactly what what made everything turn much faster because I did a lot of things at the same time. But the whole D D index thing, it was just yeah, it was just a horrible mis- mistake on my part, and 
and luckily it got fixed pretty quickly. So so the thing I did was that I I use a plugin called Pretty Links for all my affiliate links. So you know, so you you do these pretty URLs and and then I inserted this little word in the beginning of the slug for every affiliate link to be able to go into uh, Google Analytics and take a good view of all these links. So I could sort of distinguish my affiliate links from all the other ones and see how many people would click those links and so on. And as I did that, I just forgot to update um, the actual links on, on the site. It was, yeah, it was just totally stupid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so so what happened was that all my affiliate links got broken. I just had like like a ton of links pointing to like 404. Okay. But it, it was not like my entire site was out. It was It was just... It was just the internal links that got totally screwed up. Gotcha. Okay. How long did it take you to figure it out? Yeah, I think I figured it out after a month. Okay. <laughs> well, I was, I was, I typically looked at my numbers one, one times per month at the time. So I was confused about why my affiliate sales just, you know, totally dropped. <laughs> gotcha. Then I went in and tried to click a link and no, no, actually it was, it was one of my affiliates, um, one of the stores that I had a, a good deal with, he told me that all of a sudden he was getting no links. So he thought maybe I, I skipped his program. So I went in and looked there and actually he figured it out for me. So it was, it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's a bummer. So, okay, totally. quick clarification. So you're, this whole site wasn't like de-indexed in no, Search no. Console. It was just no. affi- all affiliate links were broken. So all yeah. revenue went down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I didn't have any ads at the time, you know, so you can imagine it was just went to zero. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, and the the other for people that don't know the Pretty Link plugin, I, I use it too, and basically it allows you to um, just change the URL slug and have a redirect. Like it's an easy way to manage your redirects um, in a nice plugin format versus like hard coding it in say your HD access file for the technical nerds out there. Um, you, you don't exactly. have to have it, but there you get some, you know, tracking capabilities and it's a, a little bit more sophisticated. It's called pretty links. So, yeah. And I also like the way if you have one affiliate link, you know, all over the website, you can just update it one place and then all these places will update, you know, so it's so sort of have this hub where you update your links. I, I like that. So I don't have to go over hundreds and hundreds of articles. Oh yeah, totally. Yep. So it's a, it's a good plugin as long as you use it right. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. A- any other uh, cool things that you want to mention about Go Downsize or the YouTube channel or anything like that? Um. No, not not really. I other than I I think I got luck- lucky with the domain name. Not that it's anything genius, but I'm I'm glad that I didn't call it like you know, tinyhousegeek.com or something like that. So it was pretty broad from the get-go, which I, I enjoy now because we're also writing about living on a boat and living in RVs. So we go, we're taking the website in many directions. And that's something I, I'm i doing with all my newer sites. I try to to choose a very broad domain name just so so I don't get cornered in one tiny part of, of a niche. So yeah, so that, that enabled us to, to go all over the place, you know, because now it's, it's many years old and it got links all over the place from the, yeah, from, from huge sites and new sites and so on. So, so it's just nice to be able to continue building it and not run out of keywords. Awesome. Yeah, that is insightful. I think I was just chatting with someone earlier today about that exact thing where, you know, 
don't put a keyword in your domain yeah. name because yeah. <laughs> unless it's extremely broad, yeah, it's just painting you in a corner. So yeah, cool. I agree. Now you've launched a new site. You've done a lot of work on it, um, and I want I want to get to that in a second. I'm going to just tease the audience just for a minute. But you talked about a lot of travel. Can you just explain like um, the travel that you and your family have done and just like how it's been? Yeah, sure. So we've been married for 13 years. So we've been together for a long time. And and our only kid is three years old. So for 10 years, we were together doing stuff mostly online. Um, so so we, yeah, we've been traveling in Asia, Africa, and the States and Europe and, and, and many places. So we typically go for one to two or three months at a time. And we, we've been trying different different styles. We've been RVing a lot in Europe. And and when we go further away, I mean, in, in Asia and Thailand, we typically just rent it something nice because it's much cheaper. And in the States, we have some friends we could, we could stay with. So so we, we tried many different things. And I think it's just it's just a great way to or it, it's definitely one of the one of the freedom freedom or the perks that comes with this way of earning money that I absolutely love. And my my wife also has like a YouTube travel channel and she traveled a lot before we met also and she really wanted to travel. So it's I would say it's mostly her who's the primary driver to getting us on the road all the time. And and I, I love that because if I didn't have her I would probably just be in my cave just blocking all day, you know, or doing doing stuff on my own. <laughs> yeah. What what kind of challenges did you run into traveling especially like in an rv right um with connectivity knowing that you know potentially at the time maybe you had some clients or obviously your own yeah work that you need to do yeah i i started telling all my seo clients that i would not be working from their office space like any any time and i also i so i always told them this at the very first meeting before we did any sort of agreement on anything just so they knew and and then I, I told them that I would love to do like a monthly reporting and we could definitely do that on Skype, but but only if they if they needed it. So so over time I think one thing that went really well was that I had fewer and fewer and bigger and bigger clients. So in the beginning it was maybe fifteen clients and in the end it was just like a handful of bigger clients that I had worked with and doing link building for for years so there was, there was a lot of trust I would basically just send them a list of links that I had acquired over the last month so that got easier and easier as we started traveling so and I think yeah connectivity issues definitely in in Africa and also in many places you know all over the place but <laughs> But I was, yeah, I was, I was surprised to have super, super fast internet in Thailand. It was just a fantastic place to work as probably many. I, I know there's a ton of marketers there. Yeah. <laughs> I hear, I hear good things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So you've traveled like all over. How many countries have you guys been to? Yeah. I think last time I counted, it was around 30, something like that. But it's, it's easy to take up a lot of countries when, because I mean, just if I drive two hours in each direction, Denmark, I mean, Norway, Sweden, Germany, Holland, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to count a lot of countries in Europe. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, when we were doing like the pre-interview, I was telling you, I drove 
from uh, Colorado to Alaska, which is like 6,000 yeah. miles, you know, yeah, um, one way. And basically, <laughs> I, I was in two countries. <laughs> two yeah, countries, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 6, yeah so, so you should count the states, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I am, you know, a self-centered American. So did you have any favorite places in the U.S. that you travel to? Well, I, I have mostly been in California and Florida so far. So, and then also been in Chicago. I actually been to 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 your area also. I, I was in Denver. I don't know how far that is, but I was up in in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, one, but that, that was a long time ago. But but I I absolutely love Florida and Chicago. No, sorry, and California. But I mean, who who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, well, I was going to say those are those are very like sort of diverse. Um, States in general, um, if you're in sort of northern, like the panhandle of Florida, totally different than like Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Miami, the Keys. Yeah. Like, yeah. it may as well be like, you know, three different states. And then same deal with uh, California, too. So, yeah. Great places. Uh, n- nice weather. Nice weather compared to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that's also because we're in Denmark, you know, we're so far up north, we're close to Norway. And so, so we have. I typically say we have like 10 months of winter <laughs> and, and, you know, in the winter, the sun is hardly getting up. It's maybe only uh, sunlight here, six, seven, eight hours and something like that. And it's just like the sun is just, you know, hitting the horizon and going down again. So, so we try to always go to somewhere warm like Thailand or Africa or Florida, California and during the winter months just sure. to get some, some warm Very weather. <laughs> Cool. So let's shift back to internet marketing and tell me about this new site that you've uh, launched. It sounds like it's been around for maybe like uh, eight, eight, nine months, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's seven, seven to eight months old now. And so, yeah, I'm, I try to start new websites pretty regularly. I also started one since then, but this is like a bigger project. It's, it's a huge niche. So, so it's seven months old and yeah, should I just throw some numbers? Yeah. So over the last 30 days, it's sitting around 13,000 page views. And it's it's 90% uh, organic traffic from Google and a bit of Pinterest. And it's only monetized so far with the Zoic ads. And it's it's doing pretty well with an earning per thousand page views around $20. Or, or you know, with, with the Zoic, it's earning per thousand visitors. So it's probably a little lower if you look at it from the from a thousand page views, maybe it's around seventeen or something like that. And and I outsource the content one hundred percent for this site. And I I have a, a pretty big team of of writers now. I have ten sorry ten or eleven writers now. And and I posted the first article in July two thousand nineteen, and I I quickly posted twenty articles just to get everything rolling on something super, super long tail, you know, something that I would definitely rank for just to get things going. And right now it's around 180 articles on the site. Okay. And as far as your content team, a lot of people like to geek out on that and they imagine, Hey, sure would be great if I could just give my team a bunch of keywords. So how do you have it set up? Where did you find these writers? Yeah. So all the writers I have right now are hired on Upwork. And then I went through a lot of hassle to sort of get them out of Upwork because I I hate the platform. I mean, all the hoops and loops you have to jump with the feedback and all that. It's just way too much logistics for me. So so I I, I'm, I quit the Upwork platform and now I work directly with everybody. So so I, I managed to get most of them out. <laughs> 
And so, so it's, it's my own team of writers, you can say. And some are writing as little as one article a week. And, and I also hired my first full-time writer. And that's some, definitely something I'm looking more into right now. I'm look, uh, I'm, right now, I'm looking into hire some, someone more, another person like full-time. Do you have a manager type or do you work directly with each of the individuals? Yeah, so two months ago, I, I upgraded, you can say, or I took the best writer I had and, and one that I thought could do this well. So I asked her if she wanted to become the editor. And before that, I edited all the articles and it was getting to consume 50% of my time. And it was just impossible because, you know, it's it's a lot of content. I think I posted something like 500 or 600 articles last year and they are all very long, like starting from 1500 words or longer so so it took a long time just to find the pictures you know so so i asked one of my writers that i had the best chemistry with if she was interested and she was just exploding like yeah that's exactly what i want to do and so i so i matched her salary and and got her on full time and that's the best thing i ever did i think from 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 a project management perspective i'm i'm very happy i did that so today she managed all the other writers i rarely talk to them i mean they send me the invoice that's the only communication i have with the writers so she's She's updating them whenever there's something they need to know. Sometimes I'll shoot a little video if there's something I want them to do differently or if there's some errors, I'll tell her and then she'll communicate it out. On, on, I, I use Slack for that. So, so I can see what they're communicating about, but, but she's handling everything for me now. And that's, that's awesome. Perfect. That echoes exactly my thoughts on like a content manager editor type because it's really easy to just burn so much time and yeah. you know, you get into it um, and they can probably do it faster. <laughs> they could yeah. probably do it faster than yeah. you. So, <laughs> and it, also I, I'm not native American either or native English for that matter. So English is my second language. So there's a lot of things I wouldn't catch and she's much better. I mean, she's, she went to went through university and also worked as a tutor and helping people getting the, the writing in, in place. So yeah, she's definitely better than I am and faster and everything for, for the editor. How do you structure her uh, payment? Is it like an hourly or is it salary now? Yeah. So she still writes a lot. So the first thing she does every day is to see if there's anything she can edit and, and publish. So she will, she will find pictures and do the formatting. If there's anything, so she will do everything. I don't only have this one person to do, to take like the post and put it online and also do internal links. So she'll do that. And so for the editing part, I'm actually paying her more than I am for the writing part, which I think is probably opposite of what most people are doing. At least that's what I, I found out afterwards. I was just doing what made sense for me. I thought, well, it takes more skill to take a text and make it even better. So I pay her an hourly hourly fee for the editing part and and for that i pay her 30 percent more than when she's writing but but yeah i i figured out afterward that i could probably get cheaper editors but i i think to, to me it makes sense to have someone with with high skills and who's really on it and, and she's really good so so i, I don't regret that mm-hmm. yep and actually we did everything like exactly the same way I usually hire a set of writers, find a, the good ones, promote them because they're bored from writing, and yeah. then they're happy to do it. And usually, right, because they're they're at a manager role, right? So yeah, they're not just editing; they're doing more. So you should definitely pay them more. That totally makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, 
and and I also I'm also glad that she's not just editing or just writing because I've been I've tried both. Uh, for another website, I was writing. I was trying to write full time, something like forty hours per week, you know, and just typing, typing, typing. My hands got so sore. I started voice typing on my Mac, just you know, because I couldn't really type anymore. So uh, that was a really, really good experience for me to figure out how much can you actually write and how how much output can you produce. Because I, I think I, I'm I'm typing fast, and and I talked with her about it before. I promoted her to, to, to go full-time because I wanted her to not burn out. And I, I really wanted her to, to, to be comfortable in, in this position. And so, so I think this mix between writing and editing, and she's also doing other stuff for me. That's a, maybe 10, 15% of like VA stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, um, going back to the writers, how much are you paying them? How is it structured? Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely at the low end. I, I paid around two cent per word, and and I'm also testing writers from all, all over the world. I have writers in South Africa and one in Nigeria. I've been testing out Kenya, but but the most most of my writers are from the states, and I always try to find uh, writers who are who who are as you can say like beginners. So they not they don't have like a long history of, of writing and. So that that enables me to get a better price, but it also means that I have to I have to sort through hundreds of writers. I think I I tested out maybe 100 or 120 writers to to get my team of 10 writers, and, and you know that there was the the people that I actually gave like a test article. So bef- so before that, it was also a big selection. Okay, gotcha. And then you let me know uh, ahead of time you spent uh, about nine thousand dollars on the content overall for yeah. the 180 articles. Yeah, for this new website, yeah. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And it sounds like it's mostly like informational content at this point. Um, can you talk about yeah. the content strategy and the keyword strategy? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, so so the first, like I said, the first batch of like twenty articles, I tried to get them as fast up there as possible, just to sort of get something going. And 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 that was extremely long tail content. And most of my most of my articles are. And so everything is informational. I haven't gotten to anything that I think I can monetize with affiliate just yet, because this is a huge project for me. And I just want to get the traffic going. And then maybe in a couple of years, maybe even I, I will start doing that because I, I'm so sure now of the business model and I, I I know what to expect and what will happen. So I'm just trying to to build like a big website now. So it will start getting those nice links also organically. Yeah, then that's something we can get back to with with the backlinking and stuff. But but for the content, it's it's definitely informational content and and content that's that should be fairly easy to rank for. Okay, and then is there any reason why you can't add like affiliate uh, product review type content on the early end or? No, I, I could definitely do that, but, but I, I just haven't trained any of my writers to do that yet. <laughs> gotcha. Yes, yeah, so, so I need to just I just need to lay out the templates for them to to do so. But but that's definitely something I should do, and it's also on my to do list for twenty twenty two to get much more into that. Okay, and then do you have like um, a end goal in mind for like how much content you want to eventually have? Because you were like, hey, maybe in a couple years, then we do something else. So you're thinking very long-term, right? Yeah, I'm thinking very long-term. And I'm also thinking like my, my newest strategy is to build out like four or five, like big websites. I mean, like hundreds of thousands of paid views on, on each site 
each side. So, so my sort of my long term strategy is to I would love to every year sell a big site and then start a new one. So, so I'm still building up to that because I don't have five big sites right now. I, I probably have like two bigger sites right now. But for 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 this side, I I mean the topic is super 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 broad. So I could definitely get many thousands articles. I, I don't think I could ever like dry out this this, <laughs> this side or finish it okay awesome that's uh that's pretty amazing i mean there's like no upper limit there's always more keywords and more interest coming for this area yeah yeah for, yeah for sure so let's shift into uh, link building it sounds like you have a ton of experience uh from your you know previous gigs other websites clients and all that stuff yeah so yeah how do you approach it these days yeah, so so I'd say yes and no. I have experience because my my link building clients were all from Denmark, where I'm located. So I, I I definitely have a ton of connections here in Denmark for local link building, but not so much when we're looking outside Denmark because all my clients were in Denmark. So and so there was also a hurdle to get to get over when I started to doing something in in English because I couldn't rely on you know my network of of friends and and. And people that that I knew, so 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 I haven't done too much at, at this point. I've just been doing like a bit of hero, you know, help a reporter out, just trying to be as helpful as possible in there, and to acquire some links there. And then organically, it has been picking up six to seven forum links so far. And then and and I know this is not really link building, but I I build a Pinterest profile so that sends some traffic and of course some some um, no follow links and also. I also created like a LinkedIn page and a YouTube channel that that actually got banned like after a week because I was I didn't want to put my face up there. So I was doing I was using this software to auto generate videos. It was called Lumen Five or something like that. So, you know, so it basically just grabs some text and auto generate videos. So I had two channels like banned after a week. So, <laughs> so I'm not doing YouTube for that for this site. But I'm trying to do some some social stuff around it. Also, just to show YouTube some initial activity and to show that this is an actual site and not just, uh, yeah, like a thin okay. site. Yeah. For uh, Haro, then, like you said, it's help a reporter out. Can you explain a little bit like what it is for the people that don't know? And then how's it been going? Yeah, so I think... Like the platform is super old, at least that's what it looks like. It's it's pretty new to me, but um, but so the thing is, you get an email every day with with a ton of. It's just like a list of thirty, forty, or fifty topics that some reporter or some writer wants help with on the content side of things. Maybe they want a quote. Maybe they want an expert on something, and then I'll just scan through the list and see is there anywhere here where I can like chime in and be an expert on something in regards to my niche well i would would have some merit to do so and then i'll try to then i'll just shoot them an email with with giving them exactly what they ask for you know maybe they they want like maybe they typically they do like roundup reviews uh, sorry roundup on something like what's what's your favorite uh, podcast or what's your favorite book stuff like that and they, those types of articles are typically pretty easy to get on with, with a backlink and some of the the heavier stuff takes way more time but yeah i i'd love to hire someone to do this for me because i think it's it's very time consuming and i i tend to never really get to it on my to-do list <laughs> right how many links have you landed with it uh, i think around 25 or 30 so definitely not not a lot so so i would 
I, I've mostly been relying on the super long tail keywords so that I would rank for without backlinks. And then I also wanted to see if I would organically start to pick up some some links. And it has gotten like at least a handful of forum backlinks so okay. far. But but it, it's something I, I want to start to do now. I, I just didn't want to start creating backlinks too early on because I, I have had some experience, some bad experiences with that in the past, where I started link building probably too early. Uh, so I know the site is seven months old, and I could definitely, I could definitely have started like several months ago. But but I, I didn't want to start too early on, and, and and starting to get a ton of links, and then stop link building, you know, and it was just looked super unnatural. Sure. And and I I would say I'm also building, I I'm I'm doing. Uh, less and less link building and focusing more and more on content that I can rank without links. And then eventually the traffic will get there. And sometimes I, I pick up some, some amazing links from a website without really doing any outreach. And quick clarification. So you have uh, like 25 or 30 links total to the site. Yeah. So how many links have you gotten from Haro specifically? Yeah, I, I think only, only a few, only like two or three. Okay. So those are like the better, definitely at, at the higher end of uh, the quality. <laughs> sure. Cool. And then then it naturally got those other links, yeah. All right. And I, I was just asking because I've heard for years like, hey, you can sign up for this. But basically yeah. everyone that I've ever talked to is like, it takes forever. It's pretty hard to do. Um, I spent all this time writing response back. And unless you have like really good credentials, it's yeah. kind of difficult um, for them to like actually publish your, your, uh, yeah, I, I'd or... say for some of my other websites though, I, I had more success. And the thing is when I do this hero stuff, I do it across like all my five sites. So for some of the other sites, I, I had more luck. And I think this is also because I'm, I mean, if, if you Google the, I, I built like a, a pen name for this website. And if you Google this person, you know, the person doesn't really exist and there's not a lot of credential around it. So whenever I go into Hero or Hero, how is it, for a good downsize, you know, they can see it's me. They can see I've been featured many places. We have an actual YouTube channel. There's just a lot more like social proof and, and authority around us as a couple also. And so that it's much, much easier for me to do it from the go downsize website. Okay, perfect. And I just wanted to just wanted to emphasize that because I think yeah, if you want a video idea, Morton, like that's one to show people how to use Haro. I've thought about it yeah. in the past, but I've had zero. I've never even signed up just because it sounds okay. like I would hate it. But if you do a video on that, I bet it would crush. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially since you actually have like examples that you could show for go downsize, like that will yeah be awesome yeah and the thing is i i even built some templates i don't know if you want to get into this but inside gmail you know you can add this little extension that let you save some templates because 80 percent of the response is almost the same every time you know they want like a list little piece of content about who are you a picture of you and the link to your website and then you want to have like a specific or at least i want to have a specific uh, signature there with everything i can put in there to, to sort of tell them that i am who i am and stuff like that and then i just need to add that little two three four line quote that they want at the top that definitely speeds up things cool yeah it's like canned responses or something like that yeah yeah exactly yeah that's cool. what it's called very good so let's see anything else on the on the new site that you know maybe 
you you thought it was going to be pretty easy, but it's actually been much harder. Actually, I I would say the traffic came much sooner than I expected. I I didn't ex- I definitely didn't expect it to to hit around thirteen thousand page views so soon. So so I'm really really happy for, for for this one, and and it's also the fastest website I I ever started. It's the fastest traffic growth I've seen, and and so, so the thing is I. I'm using Azoic, and I I knew from from all my my other sites from the analytics inside Azoic that this was a pretty good need in terms of of the the earnings. So yeah, so so that's that's something I I I, I dug a lot into before I started this website, and that's that's one of the benefits of having like multiple sites. Right now, I have four websites running Azoic ads, and I just recently sold two other sites. So when you go into the analytics inside Azoic, you you can you can see the content across all your sites and I could just sort them by earnings per thousand page views and, and start to see some trends there for, for my own content across everything I ever posted. Yeah. So that, that was, that was something I, I, I found super helpful and. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And let's see. So we talked about content. We talked about some links um, you're, and you're doing a little Pinterest work too. So yeah. How's that going? Yeah, I actually hired somebody to do it because I I'm I hate Pinterest. <laughs> but I mean, we have a, a pretty good Pinterest account for Go Downsize that that I I did for quite some time just because it was funny because it was so visual, you know, with small spaces and furniture and stuff that folds out and tiny spaces. So, but for this niche, it it's definitely not like a typical Pinterest niche. I just I just did it because I know that you can get a lot of traffic early on. So I wanted to get some traffic to the website fast. Also to show Google that it was that I was doing something seriously about this website. So so I hired, I hired somebody to do it. And actually I, I can't tell if she did a good or a bad job about it, but but it, it sends a website maybe fifty or sixty visitors per day. No, no, sorry, not not per day. How much would that be? Around five five percent of the Thirteen thousand, yeah. So just, just like, like a tiny bit of, of, of traffic there. So okay, just a little, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. And I, I, she just did it for three months, and then I just let it sit there. Okay. And then when she stopped um, pinning more stuff and doing activities, did it uh, remain constant or did it drop a little? It, it, it dropped, and now, so, so I think it went up, 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 and then, but not to anything. Um, significant and then it definitely dropped to maybe maybe it, it cut in half a couple of times and then it just you know it's pretty stable right now it just gets some some traffic once in a while cool. all the time yeah all right um we'll start wrapping up here and just a, a couple sort of quick quick questions so any purchases like in the last year that you were like man this is really good i'm glad i, I bought this thing it's been very helpful uh, that's that's a good question. Um, definitely this mic. <laughs> um, other than that, I would say some some good lighting also for our little home studio here. I have some lighting over here. You can see my hand is totally lit because because it's night it's nighttime here and when when I'm I'm doing stuff like this, it's typically at, at nighttime here because all my sites are are in are for an American audience. So so I need to not be sitting in a dark room when, when we do stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, it looks good. Sounds good. You know, you got a nice setup over there. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. So that's something I've been trying to ramp up on also because that, that I'm, I'm going pretty serious on, on YouTube myself now with 
with yeah with with my own YouTube channel. So so I've I've been very happy for nice. to, to to get some better stuff there. Or I should probably say to to borrow lights from my wife <laughs> and get my own mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah, it does look good and it sounds good. So um, as far as mistakes, any and you you have a long career like online. So are there any like grand mistakes where you're like, oh, man, this is a good story? Yeah, I'm sure there is. And I just um, let's see if I can I can think of any of those. Well, there's definitely the one we talked about by screwing up all my affiliate links on one side. Um, are there yeah, any- I think. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, it's not a mistake, but I, I wish that I branched out from Amazon affiliate sooner just to get into like commission junction and share a sale and just better programs and also to diversify that. But no, that, that's not a mistake. That's just spreading your risk a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. If you think of it later, um, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, most SEOs have some sort of uh, big penalty, some kind of screw up that you had in the past. Yeah, I, I never had a, like a site penalized or a de-indexed or a client of mine, uh, luckily. So, Wow, that's <laughs> so, awesome. That's yeah, I, I, th- I think I've, I've always been going in, what can you say, not... I've been building a, a ton of links, but I've also been super careful because some of these websites were pretty big client so i definitely didn't want to to screw it up and maybe that's also why it didn't screw up because there was such a heavy profile already and it was so many many of the things that i got to do was also on the more technical side of things just cleaning up things so maybe they would acquire a competitor and we needed to rank those sites beside each other search results and stuff like that so so but yeah but i've been fortunate enough to to not have anything totally penalized congratulations yeah that's pretty amazing (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> um, okay. But, but but I should have because way back, I just built like a ton of these web 2.0s with super, super tiny uh, articles with exact match anchors. But somehow we managed to, to get rid of it all before it all rambled, I think. <laughs> yeah. that I mean, there used to be software that like would help you create those. I mean, you could really get a lot yeah. of those kind of bad links built fast, easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, do you have any tips for people that are just getting started? Yeah, I, I I used to say to people to you know to to pick something to pick a topic where the money is good and you know where this is perfect price range and stuff like that. And today I tend more to to really tell people to go where, where the passion is because I think today you can. I, I, at least for for my part, I I find it easier today to make a to to earn money with websites on on a wide variety of topics. Since I can monetize with ads now, it's just much easier. So so ads is, is still new for me. I I switched on ads for the first time a year ago and like instantly doubled my my revenue. And that's also why I I decided to quit on the whole SEO agency thing. So so I'd say. Just get get started and just um, choose something you're passionate about and, and start with something super, super long tail because you'll probably be amazed uh, like how many people are actually searching for something that's super, super like weird. <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel and a website. And it's the same name. It's called Authority Site Geek. 
And I I might be rebranding that because I, I found people cannot spell authority, <laughs> at least not here in Denmark. But uh, but for now, it's called Authority Site Geek, and maybe it will for a while. And that's the YouTube channel and the website. And the website is basically just two pages with where you can sign up for a course that I'm building up to. Very good. All right, I'll put links in the show notes and description so people can get to it. And um, just any sneak peek, like what kind of videos are, are you publishing out there? Yeah, so, so I'm publishing... I'm trying to trying to put up a lot of content about how to build these niche sites. So it's everything from from niche selection, and I, I'm I'm trying to start out with some more basic stuff like how how to find a good niche to to write on, and how to find the first twenty, thirty, forty articles, and 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 then I'll eventually get into some more nerdy stuff, and also how to find your domain names and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to to teach people some of the things I've I've learned over over the last decade of, of doing SEO. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Morton. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks a bunch to Morton. Really appreciate the time. And I am always impressed when I speak to someone where English is not their first language. And how well they have like a command of the English language, especially to do an interview. That is bananas because I know sitting on the other side of the table, being interviewed, thinking through in my first language, which is English, and I struggle. It's hard to talk and think at the same time. And I can't imagine. So kudos to, you know, anyone that speaks multiple languages and here in America, well, a lot of us are, are lazy and ignorant, um, like like myself, I, I would say, a little, little lazy in some certain areas, and I've been just thoroughly impressed, thoroughly impressed, and learning a second language, like, I don't know, it works like different parts of your brain. I, I didn't do any research, but I've seen headlines, and I overheard people talking at a bar once, and I'm pretty sure learning a second language helps all those cognitive functions and... I, you know what, it's never too late, although I hear it's harder to learn a second language once you're older, like me, you know, but it's always good. It's always good to learn. And, uh, you know, little, little known fact, I did take Spanish for, I think like two or three years in high school. So I think like maybe, maybe it was three years. It was like ninth grade through 11th. And uh, I, I was pretty good at like memorizing. I'm a brute force sort of memorizer. So I, I get it through repetition and like writing and, you know, flashcards, like n- normal kind of stuff. But I didn't use any sort of like, uh, I guess, mnemonic device type things, which I guess I, I don't know if you do that for languages. Anyhow, I was pretty good at the vocabulary and just knowing words, but I wasn't very good at speaking just because I think I was a little more shy to, to try to speak. Even back then, I was an awkward uh, high school kid, by the way. That, that's kind of lasted throughout, <laughs> throughout my life, not just high school, but I, I was particularly, particularly awkward in high school and college. A lot of acne. I still had a, I had a little more hair, but not much, not much more hair. I'll be honest with you. So anyway, check out Morton's channel. He's been publishing uh, more stuff here recently, and I think he's someone uh, to, to watch. So 
I think I may have a couple questions in the queue. Let me check real quick. This question is from Rob. It came in via email. By the way, if you want to send in such questions, feedback at Doug.show is the email address. There is a phone number that I don't know, and it is in the show notes and description. If you do leave a voicemail, 90 seconds is the sweet spot. All right, here's the question from Rob. I love the KGR. That's the keyword golden ratio, and I I won't define it here, but it's a data-driven way to find keywords that are sort of underserved on the internet. Rob also says, I've written over 10 articles that have landed on the top three on Google using the keyword golden ratio. They're not buying keywords, but they bring people to the site. I found a keyword, a buyer's keyword, that is ranked... um, 41 with the keyword competitiveness number, and that is via a tool called Longtail Pro, and it has 74,000 searches per month, but only 190 results with the all-in title. So the KGR value is 0.003. It sounds great, but there are over 3 billion results without the all-in title, including Top 10 full of heavy hitters. I plan on writing the article for the keyword, but is it really worth targeting? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Rob. Rob, thanks for sending this in. This is a common, super common question. And I honestly, I don't know why it comes in. Blows my mind. I don't know why it comes in. I didn't define the keyword going ratio before, but I will here. It's a little hard to understand with the spoken word, but I'll do my best. So basically you run an advanced command in the Google search field. It's called all in title. It's all one word, all in title, colon, and then whatever it is you're searching for. And you don't use quotation marks. You just type in whatever the keyword phrase is. Whatever that value is, you divide it by the search volume. Usually we're targeting the US, so you divide it by the search volume. So in this case, applying the exact example that Rob mentions, you take 190 and you divide it by 74,000. However, one of the key, the absolute key things for the formula, this is what you missed, Rob, it only works for a search volume under 250. So by definition, you've just calculated an interesting number, but it is not a keyword golden ratio value. You want the the ratio to be 0.25 or below. Those are the ones that should rank very quickly. As you get closer to 0.5, 0.75, 1, any higher number basically, that means there's more competition out there. The fact is you calculated um, an interesting number. 190 results isn't like ultra like competitive or anything like that. But the fact that when you look at the competition, it looks pretty competitive Obviously, that means there's more competition. But um, in this case, you you just missed part of the formula. Um, It makes it much easier. Here's what you could do. When you get a list of keywords and you have all those search volumes, filter out anything over 250. That way you're only looking at the keywords that have the possibility of being KGR compliant. Maybe your site's been around a while and maybe, let's say a year, Maybe it's been around for a year. Maybe you have a handful of backlinks, say 100 backlinks going to your site, and you could rank for some more competitive terms. So instead of using 250, maybe you want to use 700 or 1,000 or you know 
fill in a number, whatever you feel comfortable with. And you can kind of get an idea like what your site can do by looking at the keywords that you're ranking well for. The thing is, the KGR is fantastic for a few things. One, if when you're first launching your site, it's a good way to get traffic early. Another thing is if you buy a new site and you want to sort of juice it up and, and sort of increase traffic right away. So if you buy a site and you want to flip it, say in a year and a half, maybe you buy it, you triple the content, add a bunch of KGR terms. You won't have to do link building. You can just maybe be a little more aggressive and then you could flip it. That's a great way. And then there's some other applications as well. Maybe you have a site that's been stagnant for a little while, or maybe you're trying to rank a more competitive, higher volume keyword. So you can create uh, a lot of content with sort of supporting ideas, supporting topics that are related to the term that you want to rank. And you could find the KGRs related. That way you build relevancy about that topic. So those are a couple things, but the big thing here, Rob, is you are looking at a search volume that's too high. So it's probably not going to work out. And I've talked about that extensively in the past. And I will leave it at that. But th there's some uh, on niche site project. There's a whole FAQ about the keyword golden ratio. And it talks about things like that. So if you find a good keyword, like you don't always have to use the KGR. The KGR is just a tool. It helps you prioritize and find keywords. And if you're just starting your site, it's a great approach. So thanks for sending that in, Rob. Let me know how it turns out. It sounds like you were going to write and publish that article anyway. And um, just by the luck of the draw, you sent me, at the time that I'm recording this, you sent me the email one hour ago. I answered back already. And then you're going to have the answer in podcast form in less than a week. So, so that's the sort of thing you could expect if you do send a question in to The Doug Show. And I think I'm going to call it a day here. It's a Friday afternoon. It's about beer 30 here and um, have a great weekend. 